three more points. And it's very rare nowadays for Tottenham Hotspur. We'll take it where we get them, folks. Welcome back to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, joined by your hosts, Michael Ramirez and my boy, Jacob Wallraven. What's hey, going on, boy? Hey. How we doing, man? Three points, three points heavier, and I love it. It's a different vibe on the podcast today, and I'm loving it just because I'm not as depressed anymore. Um, obviously, with uh, with the Arsenal loss, and you know, you could say that we had a you know a, a little bit of a bounce back performance against Mira and in, in the Europa League, or excuse me, the Europa Conference League earlier this week. I guess you could say there were some positives to take out um, before this Aston Villa match, but my God, man, Tottenham two, Aston Villa one. Um, another three points at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for the lads in Lily White. And, and yes, it was three more points. We'll take them where we can get them. But overall, man, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the more specifics later on uh, down the line. But just initially, man, it's, it's just good to get back to winning ways. More importantly, three more points for the Premier League table. Um, already leapfrogged Arsenal right back after losing, uh, losing our spot to them um, with being ahead of them in the table. But it was just... It was just a, a breath of fresh air, I feel like. And I think that that is something that we've all been looking for, especially after that three-game skid where we were just giving up 3-0 victories. You know, yep. you, you hate to see that. And and I really thought that there was a response from the boys today. I thought that they really responded well to just kind of the way things were trending for us. And damn, man, it feels good. It feels good. I was banging on the box with my son this morning. We were having a good time this morning watching that game so uh, i gotta say though there was a chance i think i texted you about with danny Eames. in the second half yeah oh there was a chance they could have equalized it 2-2 there but hugo big papa hugie he saved us so man great game good good to be back in winning ways definitely and uh more impo- like i guess more i guess you could say excitedly but hey man how about pierre emile hoybier getting his what i think it's his first ever premier league goal right their second was he his, was his other goal in liverpool. the premier league he, he did yeah that's right liverpool. you're right you're right you're right so second career goal in the premier league but he got off uh to a, a, a very very good start in the first half after scoring that Aston a later a little bit later on in the second half and then not even five minutes after villa equalized Tottenham went ahead 2-1 after a, a nice tap-in, which was credited as an own goal, but I'll give it to as a tap-in to Lucas. But first of all, man, let's dive into the starting 11. In my opinion, I felt like today's starting 11 is probably the strongest 11 that you've got with the the players currently in form right now. I don't know if, if you necessarily agree with that, but I'm let's just disagree. look... I'm going to have let's, to disagree let's, let's with look you into it quick. first. Let, let, let's look into it first. So we have Hugo and net. We had Emerson starting at right back, the center back partnership of Romero and Dyer today, Reggie at left back, Hoybier skip and end on bad boy in the middle. And then Sonny Lucas and Kane to round out the attack. So Jacob, I know that you disagreed with me a little bit earlier. Um, what, what players are you looking at specifically to where, when you're looking at the strongest lineup for Tottenham Hotspur? Now, I have to agree about 10 out of 11 players, I'm going to agree that I think that that's our strongest starting lineup that we could put out there. My one weak spot, I think, is Eric Dyer. And I think he showed that during their goal. He was just not really defending, ball watching, got caught. And the first thing he does is he puts his hands up after they score, like someone bail me out because I made a mistake. And to me, it just shows over and over 
why we can't trust a guy. And I think we've solved that from Sanchez as well. And they're both, I think their true colors are starting to come out. The, the, the players that we know as Davison Sanchez and Eric Dyer, not the, you know, three and O uh, three clean sheets in a row defensive pairing. Like we don't know them for that, but, but they did that. And I think their true colors are starting to come out and it's really starting to show. And I, I really thought the Romero Rodon pairing was pretty good. I would even say Rodon uh, uh, R- Romero and uh, Tanganga would have been even better. I think that's a little bit stronger. I don't even think Tanganga was in the 18, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, he was in a hoodie. I don't yeah, know if you, not... if you, if you looked at the sidelines, but mm-hmm. yeah, my man's was in a hoodie today. He was like in a, a gray hoodie and, he was, uh, I, mean, he I don't necessarily fresh. think he was sad. Yeah, he, I don't think he was necessarily sad. Um, I guess we'll wait to get more info on that. But it, it was it was a little weird because obviously yeah. you're not used to Tanganga being there without either being, you know, involved as a substitute or, or in, this, in the starting 11. But um, yeah, man, he missed out today. It, it's got to be an injury concern because I just feel like with the, the, the players that you had on the bench, I think Tanganga definitely deserves a place in the 18. So I guess we'll get more info on that once uh, the pressers come out post game after the Villa match. But yeah, I think I would agree with you, man. Like the, the reason why I said this is a starting 11 based on the players that we have, it's just, I, I feel like Dyer is slightly less error prone than Sanchez. Like, and it's come to that, you know what I mean? Roden hasn't been getting many games. He he just got the Europa League, or excuse, I keep saying the Europa League, the Europa Conference League appearance um, on Thursday, or yeah, Thursday against Mira. But other than that, he hasn't really gotten much game time this season. And then you, you look at Tanganga, he's gotten more games at right back than center back. I think I agree with you. I would much rather see Tanganga and Romero try to, you know, work out some chemistry or, or even Roden and, and uh, Romero. But as I think as far as right now, man, I think it's the best that we've got. And the only really viable option, like I said, is Sanchez. I just think Dyer, Dyer is slightly less error prone than he makes slightly less boneheaded plays than Sanchez. But I mean, to your credit and to your point, we, we saw exactly why Dyer is not a should not be a starting center back on this squad because well, of the ask- lack of perception and awareness that he has in the box. Let me ask you this now, that goal of theirs. Do you put the the onus on that? Do you put that on Eric Dyer? Or do you put that on Romero? Because Romero did both before because Romero he, got caught out of position in the first place. Out. There was there was a couple and he times got the he yellow card on his out. tackle. There was yep. a couple of times I saw where he was, he, you know, late to track back to his position. It was, uh, you know, kind of a 50-50 performance for me from Romero. But while we're talking about the defensive back line. Um, I'm going to have to say that Emerson Royale really impressed me today. A lot of these matches, I've really felt like 50-50, sometimes 60-40 on the guy um, in favor of. But I think today he really, really showed a lot to me anyway. I mean, we could argue that, hey, it's Villa. What do they got? Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. Yeah. And Tyrone Mings. Like, I don't know who else. I guess they were talking up McGinn, number seven. They were talking him up pretty good. but Yeah, he's all right. Either way, I think um, I, I think that is if you could definitely argue that that's our strongest starting eleven. So I I, I do agree with you. Ten out of eleven. I just think 11. Dyer. It's it's just Eric Dyer, man. And you're not wrong. He he has looked better than Sanchez. He makes less mistakes than Sanchez, but he still made a mistake today that led to a goal. Now, yeah. but like you said, you could put the 
the blame on Romero as well because I mean at the end of the day both of them got caught out well one was ball watching and Romero got caught out but I don't know it's yeah. mixed bag or per, mixed bag for me but you know who did stand out to me you know who did talk to me the whole game my Sorry. favorite player my favorite player the most beautiful player Let's get into the midfield before we get into the attack. So okay. this was this was what I was looking for um, when when the eleven initially came out. I was looking at this midfield to see who Nuno was going to go with after the recent string of bad performances in the Premier League, and he elected to bring back bring back in Oliver Skip into the eleven with Hoybier and Endom Thickcock. And to be honest, I think you can either go with this midfield, this midfield trio of Hoybier, Skippy, and Endom Thickcock. Or instead of Endom Bad Boy, you could put Giovanni Lo Celso in there as well. But I think with the, the, the players' form right now and the players that we have available, I feel like this is definitely our best midfield trio if you're going to pick three. And I think the only person that you can exchange out for maybe someone else, like I said, is Endom Bele for Lo Celso because Lo Celso had a very bright performance against Mira in the in the conference league midweek. Um, and I thought he was, he was better today as well. When he came on, he was a bright spot and he actually had an opportunity to score as well. Um, but yeah, man, I like this. Yeah, I, like I, I like this midfield. What about you? I like, um, I like this one. This is, this is my preferred trio. Well, I'm going to tell you because if anyone's carried over from the Tottenham away live stream that we do every Friday on, on Tottenham away channel, um, I predicted, well, I didn't predict. I said I wanted to hear everyone's desired 11, not what they thought Nuno was going to choose. So in my desired 11, this was the exact midfield setup that I had. I had Ollie yeah. Skip and Pierre-Emile Hoybier. I felt like they help our center back pairing, just the both of them being out there. And I think Ollie Skip, uh, he's, I, you could argue that he even saved a goal from Danny Ings as well. You know, Danny yeah. Ings was... Right there, what right at right at Hugo's line, and 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 he kind of bicycle kicked it out. It was beautiful. Um, so I think that this midfield is my preferred uh midfield to start with. I think we haven't seen enough from Deli Alley to justify him continuing in that number 10 role. I thought, though, you know, all fairness and fair play to end on big dick, but I I felt like his second half was pretty lazy. I felt like his first half was okay. It was okay. I'm not going to... He had that one turn on the right side of the box, um, if I remember correctly, in the second half. I think he he got the ball back from Emerson, and he had this one really nice turn, split two defenders, and then beat another one, cut inside, and shot shot it with his weaker left foot, and ultimately it, it was straight at the keeper. But that was one of the more specific... You know instances where I thought Endombele was really bright, mm-hmm. but I think I gotta agree with you for the most part. Ooh. Also, I and don't end them thick cock. My okay. bad. Okay, my bad. I just thought I heard you heard you say Sorry. something wrong. M- mispronunciation. My bad. My <laughs> bad. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's. I, I just feel with Endombele, you're always going to get sequences of where of of lack of tracking back, or maybe takes a player two off. Like, I just feel like that's what you're gonna get with Endombele until he just tunes out his game simple as like it's not a a lack of coaching it's not a lack of direction from his teammates like there's just some instances where he takes a player too off and you know it's consistent with his with you know every pretty much every other performance that he has for us it's 
it's just part of his game right now and he's just got to work through it. It's just something that he's got to get mentally better at. I agree. And I think that when you see players really do that, take a playoff or two, it's really these veteran, you know, stars, right? It's these guys, it's your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, your, your Neymar's. These are the guys who've played for some extent of time and had some relative success. So I think that they've kind of earned a little bit of a right to, to slag off here and there, but I don't think Tongi and Dombele's like gotten to anywhere close to that level to, to have the just, I mean, we know he's got the third leg. Like we know that for a fact. So like, yes, he does have some slack to give, but I think he does. I think the second half, I was pretty disappointed with him. And, and, and I think I was texting the group chat, like r- right after they scored, like, it's time to make a sub. Like we're looking like shit. No creativity. Tongi was looking like shit, and I'm I'm very pleased with the uh, sub of Lacelso for Ndombele. I'm really pleased. I'm glad he didn't bring Deli in because while I don't think that Giovanni Lacelso has the best finishing, and we saw that with, I mean, it was to be fair his first shot of the game that went left of the goal, mm-hmm. and then his second yeah. chance was like right at the keep. Well, I mean, I texted you about it, and then they showed the replay, and I was like, "Well, maybe he was trying to." No, it was just. A, I think it was just a poor shot, man. They, he, you got to get some elevation on that and try to get into like a corner or something, because he had, I, obviously, he had the defender who pretty much blocked it off the line, but he could have. You could have said he had two defenders in front of him, like at least two legs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, feel, I felt like you know the the one chance that he had down the left hand side. Um, where he was played through beautifully by was it Sonny also, or was it Endombele? I forget. Or no, it couldn't have been Endombele. I think it was Hoiberg. It was from someone, but someone played him beautifully down the left hand side. He had a, a perfect. Actually, no, it was a layoff from Kane. It was the flick from Kane. Mm. It was the flick from Kane. And uh, yeah, man, all he had to do was get some elevation on the shot, try to put it into one of the corners as best as he could. But you know, it was pretty much like a a, a ball roller straight at the uh, at the foot of a defender which got cleared pretty easily but um yeah man i thought i thought lososo was bright again i thought he was our man of the match on thursday against mira even over kane's 19 minute hat trick um lososo's been in good form lately i think he i don't know if he necessarily deserved the start in like the premier league but i was i was happy with the decision to bring him on in place of endombele as well i i definitely agree with you there um Let's get into the attack, though. And before we get into the attack, since I feel like we both have the same answer, you want to get into our man of the match? You already know my answer. All right. The Korean Jacob, king, baby. Who is your man of the match? The Korean king, the man almighty himself, Young Min, Long Sonny Dong. I love this man. I thought from the first half to the second half, at every moment, he was willing to fucking gut it out, put it out there. You know what I'm saying? He put on for his city and he does it for Tottenham and like he's smiling. He gets fucking elbowed in the face. He gets pushed <laughs> down. He gets up. He's smiling. He's pointing at him laughing. I, I love this man. Like I can almost come to tears when I talk about young men's son. Like he didn't score today. No, but he was everything today. He, without he's going to get, he's going to get credited with one assist, but just because of the own goal, but he basically had two assists today, man. Oh, so wait, they give him an assist for an own goal? No, I'm saying I'll credit him with the assist, mm, but technically okay. he didn't because the the goal got axed from from Lucas. So 
technically he only had one assist today but in my eyes that's two baby he put up two beauties of an assist yeah i mean i agree that's two assists and i think that they robbed lucas mora if you watch that that's so close to tell that guy's not playing that ball if lucas mora is not poking at it you know what i'm saying that guy's not diving making that i'm not here to say what's what on an own goal but to me that didn't look like an own goal yeah i think they robbed him but back to Hyungman son my man of the match i thought at every level he was impressive i would argue i saw some people on twitter right after the game saying that they thought son was horrible they thought he had had an awful performance and to me I think these are people that just watch the game and they're like, oh, he had a shot. Well, he actually had like two shots that went over the bar. They were just too much sauce, too much mustard on that. And I think people are just really quick to react to shit like that. Um, But uh, I mean, the man was feeling it today. He had a, a, a sense of confidence. And we saw that just by the way, whenever he had the ball at his feet, he was looking to make a move and not just lay it off and make a run in behind. You know what I'm saying? Like, He he had he had the he had the walk today. I'll put it that way. He had the walk. What about you? What's your man of the match? I'm gonna have to agree with you, man. Hyungmin Hung, Hungmin Sun, Hungmin Dong, whatever you want to fucking call him, man. But yeah, uh, he was brilliant today. I, I don't really I don't really get the slander from today's performance. I I haven't really been on on Twitter much after the game. It was light. Um, it was light, but. Yeah, he had some opportunities that that sailed over the bar, but they weren't like into the 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 second deck. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I thought he was bright, man. I thought he created a lot of chances today. He got into some really really dangerous areas, and he also played through some uh, some really good chances to other teammates as well. I thought him and and Regulon did very well down the left hand for most of the match, and like I said. The man practically had two assists today. He was everywhere. And I think right now, you got to say he's our most valuable player. I've been saying that since week one when he was the difference in that Manchester City game. Yeah. He, he is, you see what we are without him. And then you see what we are with him. And it's just two completely different products. It's like one squad is, you know, uh, I, I'm going to get into a hyperbole, but I'm not going to. I'm going to save everyone the time and the brain thought into my little hyperbole about what we are with and without young men, daddy. Um, but man, phenomenal. And while we're talking about the forwards, I did also say on the live stream uh, that we do weekly on the Tottenham Away's channel, I did say that Lucas Moore deserves the start just because of how much he's done and how much he's given and how hard he works every game, whether he gets 10 minutes, 20 minutes or 90, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I felt like that was deserved. And I also on the same stream called for the third week in a row for Harry Kane to take over and dominate the game. I've asked for him numerous times. And today he had his chances. He genuinely had his chances. He had Hyungmin Son playing the ball into him. There were a few times they were on a different page. But overall, I thought, I mean, Harry Kane had his chances. There was one in particular. Um, I think I messaged you or the group. I don't really remember. But I, I had said that when watching the replay, he had gotten 
off the side of, you know, he was in behind the defender and it was almost a one-on-one with the keeper. And it just looked like he took an extra step, like one second too long. And then, and then, you know, by that time, the goalie had already closed down on him. But I thought, you know, Harry Kane last season, he hits that one step sooner and just plops it over the keeper with huge prowess and confidence. And you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned. I'm not worried. I'm just concerned at this point because he hasn't stepped up in a Premier League game. He did have the 19-minute half uh, hat trick against Mura, whatever. But Premier League, where the big boys come to play, I don't know if his confidence is there, if it's just waning. Uh, who knows? I don't know what's going on with the man, but I want to know your thoughts. I thought he was a bit unlucky today not to get a goal. I thought that Emiliano Martinez, Aston Villa's goalkeeper, is one of the best in the league. And I think he showed it today. He made some really good saves on on a lot of players. Um, I, I want to see our expected goals from today because I felt like it was probably our highest of the season in the Premier League. I thought we created some really, really good opportunities to score. Should Could he and other players have been more clinical today? Most definitely. And I think we'd be having a different discussion right now if we didn't pull out a performance from this game. But I think just because we did get three points, it's a... Uh, you know, it's not as significant, but I think we'd be having a different uh, a different conversation if if we only got one or didn't get any points from from today's match. That's a very but good. To point. be honest, to be honest, look, you know, I love Harry Kane. He's my favorite player in the world. I just think he was a little bit unlucky today. I still think he played well. Like like I said, he had that beautiful flick to Giovanni Lo Celso. He could have had a few assists today as well if some other players had converted their chances. So, like, I, I get where you're coming from, and I get that point. And am I concerned right now? I think I would agree, yeah. I am a little concerned just because we're already in October at this point, and Harry Kane has still not scored in the Premier League. But at the same time, let's take it one game at a time. We're going to international break. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later as well, more specifically. But, you know, going into the international break, obviously has no goals in the Premier League. He's probably going to fire on all cylinders for England like he always does. And, hey, you never know. Maybe he'll come back firing on all cylinders for Spurs as well. Or maybe we'll we'll see a similar trend for, for the rest of the first half of the season um, before we get into the, the winter break. But, look, man, I thought he was good. I, if I were to give play ratings today, I think I'd give him a six or a seven, and then I'd give Sonny an eight or a nine. Like, that's that's just me. I thought he was still – he still had some bright moments. And yes, I thought he had many opportunities to score today, and I think he should have. I definitely agree with you there. But you know what? Hey, we got three points. Let's take it one game at a time. I want to say this, and this is going to be my knee-jerk reaction just because I like I like kind of poking the little bear that is your love for Harry Kane. Um, God, I will I say, you know, we both agreed he had his chances. Mm-hmm. Your determination was that he walks away today a little bit unlucky. I mean, how many times the cat got to fall at the cradle before you start calling the cat unlucky? You know what I mean? What? There's an old saying, the cat come out the cradle, right? When the cat fall out the cradle. Like, what cradle are we referring to here? A baby cradle? It's a, it's a saying, man. It's a saying. I have never heard that before. I don't know. Well, shout out Texarkania. If y'all listening, that's where my grandfolk live. Mm-hmm. But. In Texarkana, Arkansas, the border right there of Texas and Arkansas. It's a beautiful place. Um, 
my what I'm my point being is how many times has something got to happen, right? How many shots does he have to get unlucky with until you start you stop calling the cat unlucky? That's that was the question. That's the knee jerk reaction. I do agree. He looked a lot better today. He showed a lot today that he didn't show in the Arsenal or the Chelsea game that I was mm-hmm. really hoping he would. He didn't, but he did have his chances. And so my point, my knee jerk reaction, obviously, you know, I love Harry Kane and I just say these things because I really need, we need him to show up for our club, like bottom line. We are so much better like today when we have a Harry Kane, that's somewhat decent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my knee jerk reaction was just how many times we got to, how many times does he get unlucky in a game? I mean, I can agree one or two of those could have been just because their goalkeeper is that good. But, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see going forward. I, I don't know. I, I I love the man. It's just I'm a little concerned, a little bit. Yeah, I get that. Um, let's go back to Skippy real quick, man, because I felt like he was very bright today once again in the Premier League. I feel like he's only had <laughs> – what maybe one or two lackluster performances for us this season. And other than that, he's been brilliant, but today, man, I I think he just further proves once again, that he deserves to be in the starting lineup every single game when he's, when available, you know what I mean? Like when possible, when fitness, uh, you know, agrees. And you said he's had one or two mixed bag performances for us. I would say one or two mixed bag halves. Because, yeah, he has had a couple shaky halves. I will give that, you know, I mean, he's young. He's 20 years old, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a kid, man. And he's playing him like a, like a big boy. You know what I mean? And I, I love the way he carries himself on the pitch. I love it. He's got his head high. He's smiling. He's fucking taking guys out, giving hard fouls, taking hard fouls, playing real dirty physical football. And, I mean, you know me. That's the shit I love to see. For me, he has guaranteed his starting 11 position. And this is something that he's guaranteed with me since before. And I'm pretty, I like to think I'm pretty fair when it comes to players. And like, if I think that they um, deserve more chances or not, but man, Ollie Skip, what a, what a player. I'm, I, I think he's vastly underrated. I don't think enough people realize just how good he is at, at his age. Imagine in five years, this man's going to be Pierre Mihoybier. You understand that? He's probably going to be better, to be honest. He very damn well could be because he's not that far behind Pierre right now. Yeah. And the fact that he's playing with the best defensive midfielder in the league, I mean, he's only going to get better. And yeah, yes, I, won't, I won't say it's like that significant of a point, but you can also look at where Norwich is right now without Oliver Skip in their midfield. They, got they only one have point. one point through seven games in the Premier League. And yes, I know it's not the championship anymore, but you, you, you see what I'm saying, right? Like there is a difference between last, there is a big difference between last year's Norwich squad and this year's. And yes, they don't have Buendia who came in as a substitute for Villa in this game as well, who was, he was pretty much their best player last season, but you know, outside of that, who was their next best player? Oliver Skip, uh, hands Lee. down, hands uh, down. Lee. So, 
you you have to look at that side of the coin as well. You know, it, it, he just proves, like I said once again, that he deserves to be in the starting eleven. I love the the crunching tackles that he makes in midfield. I love his ball recovery when he has to track back, and I love his distribution as well. Man, he he has really really good vision for such a young lad, and I think it's very underrated. And the reason why I think he's going to be better than Hoybier in let's say five years time is because he has that ability right now. He's not lethal or anything, or or not clinical yet, obviously. But he, you know, he's still a little raw. But he can get forward. He can make those forward thinking, those forward driven passes. He can make those runs and get into good areas. And he can play tiki taka football when he wants to. Um, when when he is on, you know, obviously he's not the most consistent player in the world, like we've said. But the talent is there. I see those flashes of promise. And I just think the future is bright for him, man. He's one of those players who I feel like keeps his head down. He works really hard to get to where he is today. And I think as long as he continues that trend and if he stays healthy, hope to God, we'll pray to God that he does, um, you know, in the near future. I think we got a star on our hands, man. I think he's going to be – I, I was listening to uh, the the Ali Gold podcast. Shout out Ali Gold um, from football.london. And he was making a point that – Oliver Skip is the most talented product out of the academy since Harry Kane. And I would definitely agree. And he doesn't really have that much competition, yes, but I would definitely agree. I think the next closest player since Harry Kane, what, maybe Winks? Probably. I knew you were going to say that. Maybe. Uh, I think that's the only other option there is right now, though. On the real, Dane Scarlett hasn't proved anything yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Tanganga. But other than him, yeah, I would agree. Oliver Skip's probably the best academy product since Harry Kane. I think Tanganga's, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll agree with Tanganga. He's probably the next best just because Winks has fallen off dramatically since he came up. But, you know. But did, Winks did have his fair amount of success. No, he did. He did. He was very good early on, and for some reason he always – Okay, I'll be fair on this podcast. I'm always fair on this podcast. I'll give credit where credit's due. He was one of our best players on Thursday night against Mira. For some reason, he always plays pretty well in Europe. I don't know why. but You know why. You know why. Don't lie. But look, you have to agree. I think Oliver skips the, the, the next best product besides Harry, or since Harry Kane. So, you know, I, I just I was thinking about that the other day, and, you know, it was just something that I agreed on. The last player that I want to get into, unless you have any other final thoughts before, you know, just looking at the table overall, and then we'll wrap up the pod. I wanted to kind of go over Regulon's performance. I thought for me, I think I'd give him like a five or a six, maybe, maybe a five. So there were moments where he did drive forward and he did create some pretty good chances. He got into some pretty dangerous areas in the final third, but I, I wanted to know your, your take on his performance today, or if you notice anything, but Dude, I just feel like every game, there's a numerous, it's not just one time either. It's multiple times every game. He gets beat to the end line and to where, and it's from either an opposing, uh, an opposing striker, even an attacking midfielder, but mostly, you know, from the, the player that he's guarding on the wing. There were multiple times where he got beat to the end, to the end line and an easy cross from mm-hmm. essentially the right side of the box was made into a dangerous area for Villa. I just feel like every game he gets beat to the end line and then a dangerous cross is -hmm. created because of it. I don't know what you thought about his performance today, but I just, I kept getting frustrated with Regulon when he was defending 
And I think, man, like these are, you know, early reactions just to what I'm seeing right now, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit too spontaneous. I'm kind of thinking we need a, a new left back next summer. Okay. I don't feel that strongly and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why I'm, I'm I'm not saying that's how I feel. It's I'm starting to feel that like I'm starting to get that feeling. You're concerned. I'm concerned. You're concerned for our left back position. I will say this. I thought Regulon every game is about a five, six, seven. If he has a fucking great game, as far as ratings are concerned, just because I feel like he's always caught in between two minds. You know what I'm saying? And that's why he gets beat uh, to the end lines. And that I feel like he's more of an attacking left back mind. I mean, he's got all the athleticism and the speed. Um, he's got pretty good services into the box. And we saw that when he first joined us, we were pretty excited about that. But I feel like, I feel like he's trying really hard. You know what I mean? Like a, like a, fucking hamster that's just running on that wheel for for real hard for a long time and then he gets and then whenever he kind of cools off the wheel's still going you know what i mean so that hamster starts rolling around in the wheel but he's not running and i feel like it's the same thing with with sergio because i think he's just all over the place he's he's just like a kid let loose you know what i mean and that we see that that raw kind of like getting exposed i'll put it that way he gets exposed because I think he's just fucking everywhere. He's, he's trying to do this. He's trying to do that. He's running back. He's trying to communicate. He's trying to do this. I think he's just trying a little too hard. Yeah. And and I've been feeling like that since about halfway through last year that he just tries really hard and he makes mistakes. And to me, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you trying really hard and making mistakes. I'd rather you do that than take plays off like Tongi or Delhi. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, they're not the same position, but when you look at our options, Ben Davies is not better. Oh, I was, definitely. I'm n- n- Now, don't get – please, whoever's listening to this podcast, please do not get it twisted. I am not saying that he should be dropped for <laughs> Ben Davies by any means. I said next summer we mm-hmm. might need to look at another le- – I did in no way You're mean right. that he needs to be benched for Ben Davies. Hell to the fuck no. Hell no. You know, I was, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I will agree with you there. I think I didn't feel this way because I thought we were going to have anything out of Ryan Sessegnon. Yeah. That, that's how I felt. And I'm, I like Ryan Sessegnon. I think that he offers a lot. I think that he has a, a, a big ceiling, but it's, it's about time we start seeing him involved and doing some things and it's just not happening for whatever reason, whether it's injury, coaching, whatever. It's just not happening. So if Francis and Young, if we don't see much from him this season, I'm going to have to agree with you that we're going to need some depth there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you get rid of fucking Matt Doherty. Well, at least he wasn't in the 18 today. Or was he? Actually, he, he might have been just bench. because, yeah, just because Tanganga was out. My apologies. I saw him hugging Hugo before the game, and I was like, please don't fucking rub you. <laughs> Rub your dirty juice all over him. Well, my friend, Tottenham are back up to eighth place. Like we said um, earlier in the pod, we did leapfrog Arsenal after after uh, you know they overtook us in the table earlier last weekend. But hey, we're back in eighth. We have twelve points through seven games. 
and we are only four points off the top from Chelsea. So, hey, look, I know it was a horrid run of, uh, of the last three games in the Premier League, obviously giving up at least three goals in every single match. But you got to win before the international break if you're Tottenham. And it was a very, very bright performance also. You know, it wasn't one of those wins where, you know, we just grinded one out or we were we were just fortunate to, to grab three points. I thought we were it was a deserved win today. I thought we deserved the three points that we earned. Um, I think I'm, I'm feeling OK going into this international break. What about you? I'm feeling a lot better than last week. Definitely. Definitely a lot better than last week, but not as good as I felt going into the last international break. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. But I will say that it feels like, you know, we're on this ship. We maybe hit a little bit of an iceberg, but, but it seems like we patched it up okay today. Yeah. Now, granted, the waters weren't as tough as they will be in the future. And this is a long season, but if we didn't get these three points today, I had no hope for our season because if we can't grind out a victory against a Villa, we're going to get three owed by crystal palaces all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this international break, I do not like it. I'm just, I'm really hoping our guys do not play. Yeah. But just praying for no injuries, man. Praying hope for it, no injuries. I just want them to stay fit, stay in the zone and man, we got a big one against Newcastle. This this is one I'm actually looking forward to previewing a little bit just because they do have a player that I'm a big fan of and that I Saint enjoy. Maximum. Alain Saint Maximum. Mom, yeah, he's I, like their I, only player this well, season they, at least. They got uh the, the other Callum Wilson. He's he's this a season they suck, man. Yeah, I'm just mean like he's a decent striker. They don't yeah. have much help when he's but, healthy. Yeah. Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to play a little bit of the devil's advocate here and just because I do watch some Newcastle games just because I am I'm sorry. Alone, Why would you ever do that to yourself? Because I'm an Alon fan. I'm a fan of Alon. I'll be an Alon fan if he ever comes to Tottenham, man. He is a he is a good player. He's talented. I would I, never I, willingly watch Newcastle though if they weren't note, playing Spurs. Side note, FIFA twenty two. Um I I saw I, I, I got Alon some Maximon on my squad. Nice. Yeah. Guess who guess who I gave Newcastle for him? I gave I gave Harry Winks and fifteen million and they gave me Sam Maximum. Bruh, I wish. If only, right? Can we do if that? Only it was that easy. Bro, can we do that? I wish. Um, um but yeah, man, I'm 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 not feeling too bad either. I'm feeling pretty good. And like I said, if it, if we had a different performance today, a more negative performance, I would feel a lot different. But the fact that it was very positive, we created a lot of chances. Sonny's got the biggest dick in the league. You know what I mean? Like all these, all these statements are fa- are facts right now, and they were true today, and they're true tomorrow, and they're true the next day. We had a good performance. It was very bright. I have a good feeling going into this international break, and like you said, hopefully no one plays. They will though. I know we're gonna have numerous players playing, like your Harry Kane's, your Christian Romero's, your Giovanni Lo Celso's, your Devinson Sanchez's. It just is what it is. But we'll, we're praying they don't get injured. We're praying for the best. Um, but yeah, man, any final thoughts before we wrap up the pod? Great response from the boys. Just a great response. And I think as as fans should be very happy with what we saw. We saw fight. And we saw a, 
a willingness to not back down today. And that's something that we definitely lacked um, in the second half of that Crystal Palace game mm-hmm. and the, the games against Chelsea and Arsenal. So I think it was a great response. I think a great way to go back into international break because we have to. I don't want to. But since we have to, hey, we're above Arsenal again right before the international break. I mean, we're trending in a direction, and it's a better one than we were trending in last week. For sure. For sure. We can only wait and see for the rest of the season, my friend. Like you already mentioned, we do have Newcastle up next in the Premier League. When the international break is over, we will be back to preview that for you guys as well. Um, And yes, we did do another live stream yesterday. Shout out Jacob for holding it down um, for us on the live stream. Or excuse me, that was on Friday. Um, But yeah, with Tottenham away, once again, thank you guys for, for following us on there if you do and for supporting that live stream as well. Um, it's always uh, definitely a fun time. You're going to have to hold it down for me again next week, man. No, Michael, next week again? I'm getting married. That's the that's my wedding day next Friday. Well, yeah, man. You're going to have to hey, hold I'm it down for me I'm going to shout that out again. on the live stream. I'm, I, I, will, I will let everyone know. that I appreciate it. And, hey, you know what? I'm getting a little bit better at it. I'm getting a little more comfortable in my skin. But, um we the shout out to Ellie as well. She she came on the show, helped out a lot. And the week before that, we had a mod, or two weeks before that, we had a mod. So I'm getting some guests in. Hey, you guys got good opinions? Shoot them our way. Maybe you can come guest on the live stream with me or with there me and Michael. Go. And hey, we can get to it. But yeah, man, up the fucking lads. And congratulations, Michael. You Appreciate it. Michael. Appreciate it. My little Michael's growing up. I know, right? Big time. Big time. Big time. But yes, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for the support. Definitely appreciate it. And thank you guys for also listening to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast with your boys, Michael Ramirez, and as always, the lovely Jacob Wallraven. If you like our content and you like to support us, hey, why not throw us a follow on Twitter? Throw us a follow on on Spotify. Continue to download and listen to our episodes on there as well. And if you feel cheeky enough to like our faces as well while we're talking, go ahead and click that subscribe button on YouTube as well. We'd really, really appreciate it. I don't know who's going to like the faces, but hopefully they, <laughs> hopefully they like the show enough. But yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely thank you guys for the support. Um, and if, if you could throw some, uh, some support our way on Patreon as well, we would definitely consider any and all donations. Um, and we can kind of upgrade the podcast as we see fit. You know, already got that fresh logo. We're definitely still looking for ideas on the horizon to, you know, keep the, fo- the pot up and running and fresh. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you have any ideas, send them our way. We're always we're always happy to talk them out, and uh, always always like I like I said for the support from the fans as well. So you guys are awesome. Like we said, we'll see you guys before the Newcastle match following the international break. And uh, if you're free on on Friday at seven seven thirty p.m. UK time, twelve thirty p.m. Mountain uh, Mountain Standard Time on Friday, join us on Tottenham Moy's YouTube channel. Join Jacob on the live stream. And uh, after that, we will see you before Newcastle. And as always, up the lads. And Jacob, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. We'll see you next time. <laughs>